2: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the
1: OutKick network, this is OutKick 360
2: with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
3: Second hour of the Monday edition. OutKick 360 rolls on from Nashville. 6th and Peabody, our location, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Our thanks to former Texans head coach David Culley for joining us in the first hour. If you want his take on what the 2021 season behind the scenes was like with the Houston Texans, you can find the podcast wherever you download your audio post-show at Outkick 360. Also, hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel uh, if you want to watch the interview as well. Um, Speaking of the Texans and tying it back into Deshaun Watson, so the hearing... The disciplinary hearing will begin for Watson tomorrow. Uh, that is with uh, disciplinary officer Sue Robinson, who is appointed through the NFL and the NFLPA um, to recommend slash hand down discipline, which Roger Goodell will then implement formally, one way or the other. This takes place tomorrow. I had not seen an official the investigation the, the, the independent investigation is has concluded
2: but it to must this point.
3: Have. Yeah, but it had to is it's gotta be over now if well, you're they, going to said, now take for, the findings and interview Watson. They've said for like three weeks, I feel like
0: it's wrapping up. <laughs> Should have a conclusion to the investigation soon. Right. But I'm with you, I haven't heard specifically the investigation is closed or they're finished with the investigation. But it's just they're, they're nearing this,
2: it in. It, it must be. I wonder if they're just not going to say that or if they're going to let us presume it or if that's coming today. Uh, is there anything? In, I haven't seen anything in what I've read saying how long this is expected to go. Is it a one-day thing? Is it a multiple-day thing? Uh, uh, anticipated, it, obviously. The, the, only,
3: the only thing that has been reported is it is slated to begin Tuesday. Oh. It doesn't say how long it's expected to go, but this is right in line with the week before July 4th and trying to get everything done. And uh, for lack of a better way to put this, like wrapped up and packaged and put to the side for the NFL's perspective, going into training camp at the end of next so month. So, what
2: do we envision this as? It's her sitting with him, discussing what the findings were, and then mulling it and delivering her penalty.
3: Yes. Uh, Maybe she hears is,
2: from the league and the PA. We don't know if they're going to be allowed to be heard from. Yeah, it's, it's up, up to she her. She can if she wants.
3: Yeah, she can if she wants. And the and, and the reports were at the beginning of last week and in the week prior that the NFL wanted to present uh, their side of things, lobbying for a lengthy suspension, a season-long at least type suspension, and that the NFLPA was preparing for an unprecedented suspension that they would appeal based on prior precedent in if matters not close to this, but
2: the ownership, ownership,
3: ownership issues that either have not been addressed or addressed with not much going on from the league's perspective. So that's, that's now the timeline here. 20 of the 24 suits, um, civil suits have, have been, um, wrapped up. They've been settled, um, and, and that came through, um, the, the attorney, um, not for Watson, but for the, uh, those uh, accusing him of this, um, he was saying that they, they've wrapped up 20 of the 24, and news came down this morning that the Texans have been added to the suit for, quote-unquote, enabling Watson, and went into certain details uh, from one specific uh, massage therapist Um, who said that she had alerted the Texans of this by March of 2020, I believe is the time frame. And of course, all the news came out in what was like April, May, June, somewhere in the late spring, early summer, if my timeline's correct, of 2021, of last year. Yeah. So, and and for those wondering, like I I saw someone wanted to ask about the, the, the Texans lawsuit on behalf, while we had Cully in here, Cully wasn't there for the timeline that this lawsuit is pointing to. Um, That would have been O'Brien that that previous year and uh, staff. And that's why he said, you know, we're trying to establish our own culture. He can't speak to the culture that was there prior to him getting hired. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. One one quick note, and this was made by uh, Pro Football Talk over the weekend. So contractually, here's how it would work based on what I read from Florio at the site, at Pro Football Talk, about Watson's contract based on the way the NFLPA has structured things and the disciplinary actions that could come, if it's for the full season, his contract will then toll another year. So everything moves up one year, if that makes sense. Back one year. Back one year, yeah. So his contract's set to expire in 2026. It would now expire in 2027 if he doesn't reach an accrued season Um, for for 2022,
2: six games, I think.
3: So, I mean, if he if he gets the full season, or if it's suspended indefinitely, which is what many are anticipating um, coming down, then who knows what we're looking at from a a monetary suspension. But it's not like he's he's not missing any of the money of the fully guaranteed contract. It's just pushed back a calendar year for when he will receive it.
2: But that pushes back his 2001. Year contract to two thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty twenty two contract to twenty twenty three. So that right. million dollar base moves. Right. So how does the suspension money work? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, so I think it's, suspend him the off way his base the way it has been reported and it tolls. The way it was reported whenever he had the fully guaranteed contract was it. It was structured as, as though that first year base salary was awfully suspicious for what they thought he would be missing out on in year number one. Although at the time, no one thought he was going to be they suspended a for season. a full season, which would then toll the contract forward a year instead of moving forward with just a million dollars lost. I mean, if it well, continues to toll no forward, money. he's never going to... I mean, unless it's a a true... Um, voidable-type suspension, which I don't know if that's been reported or if it's even coming close to being uh, a voidable contract based on the fully guaranteed money that he signed up for and that the, that the Browns gave him. I mean, I, I don't know if he'll ever miss out on much of the contract that's going to be paid. Well, I
2: think it just happens this way. He makes no money in 2022 outside of what he's pocketed as signing bonus. Right. And then, and plus, his contract gets pushed back. So the big base that's scheduled to come in 2023 doesn't come. So the, the low base year gets pushed back. Everything gets pushed back. So he makes no money because he's suspended for the entire year, if he is, hypothetically. Makes no money in the first year because of the suspension. And then he only makes that low base that was scheduled for the first year in the actual first year when he's playing.
3: Yeah, but it's, it's not I, – I want to stress this. It's not – Really hurting him in the bank. Well, he's got the he
2: giant would have not played
3: bonus. over the last two years hypothetically now, and he would have made fifty four million dollars over those two seasons. The Ten of not million playing.
2: from last year, and, and he got forty seven.
3: He had, had forty four million um, in a signing bonus from the Browns. So
2: it's it's
0: I don't know what you guys make about the reporting on all this and how everything is going down, but to me, it's just further evidence that none of this is necessarily about what's right or just. I'm talking about what the Browns have done in this this guaranteed contract. I'm talking about what has happened to the Texans and what could continue to happen to the Texans. I'm not talking about the victims' rights or any of that. This is all now coming down to the report out over the weekend. The NFL is going to push for at least a year suspension, at least a one-season suspension. To me, it's just what's going to save the most face for the league. What can we do to not look light on this sort of stuff? It's kind of funny
2: also. The NFL is going to... And isn't
0: the reporting weird? Like The the NFL is going to push for at least a season. And I'm thinking, okay, it's the NFL's decision. What do you mean push? Right,
2: The NFL is going to push her for a year because it wants her to do most of the damage when Roger Goodell ultimately can adjust it to whatever it wants. So if she comes back with... Uh, fourteen games. He can add three. They can get the year that they want. Right. But they'd rather he only add three games than she come back with twelve, and he have to or add five, eight. or she come back with ten, and he have to add seven. Right. They want her to take the brunt. They of it want the, instead
3: of him taking. the They brunt want of it. the independent disciplinary uh, person, whoever's in that role, to take the hit to to recommend the suspension that the NFL wants, so it can just point to well. We appointed this, but the NFL PA agreed to appoint Sue Robinson to this position. Um, it's jointly decide. agreed on, and this is her call based on the investigation that she had, and, and based on the independent investigation that was handed to her. So it's, I mean, but they could you're get right what they though. want, I mean, whether
2: she does it or not, by him doing.
0: It. I just, I don't think any of it is about uh, they're not being honest if they're saying well, we want to do what's right by the victims and against Deshaun Watson. It's all this big game of saving face. Yes. That's what's taking place right now. It's we can't appear to be lighter on any type of alleged sexual crime than Major League Baseball was with Trevor Bauer. We we can't seem this way, but we all know at the end of all of this that there's going to be a bunch of people pissed one way or the other.
2: I also if think if he's not
0: banned from football, there's going to be people that's going to be tweeting about how he should be banned for the game from the game for life.
2: I also think the Browns, and um, we've touched on this before, did some of this to themselves because if they didn't do that contract thing, uh, uh, maybe the league would be a little less inclined. I agree. Maybe the public would be a little less outcry if he had a twenty million dollar base this year and he was going to lose twelve of it based on the suspension then maybe people would feel justice in a, in a 10 game suspension. Well, here's that this cost is it's him. a great point, Paul, and a here's what
0: What that contract did was took the other owners off of your side if you're the Browns. Typically the owners would say I don't I don't want the league necessarily giving a top 5 quarterback a one year suspension without criminal charges. Because what if that's my top 5 quarterback eventually? They all look at it through their own lens. Well, what if this happens to me, if there's some sort of scandal with one of my players? I don't want the league with that level of power to take my franchise player away for a year when there's no criminal charges. Well, when the Browns set that precedent with the guaranteed money, now the league is saying, let's set the other precedent. Hammer this guy. That way we can always go back when we're dealing with agents and say, this is why we don't give Too dangerous. guaranteed dollars Too dangerous. because Deshaun Watson got suspended for two years or for a season and a half or a full se- or whatever it is. That to me took the other 31 owners off the side of the Browns and on the side of throw the book at Deshaun Watson. And that's not a good, good place to be for the Browns.
3: Well, it, we're headed to the fully guaranteed money for the top guys. Um, I mean... Clean
2: top guys.
3: Well, I yeah. Wasn't. I mean, absolutely. I mean, but that's... Who's not right now? Right. So, I, you know, I would say that the, the top... The upper echelon quarterbacks are going to have the leverage to ask for the fully guaranteed money. You know, the, the, the base salary, I, it had, you know... I can understand for those that would say, you know, from a monetary standpoint, it's got to give the Browns some type of flexibility moving forward on the deal to structure it the way they did. But it also, I mean, in, in the timeline and how everything worked out, where according to the reports, Watson had the Browns listed, what, third? Maybe fourth yeah, on, the, they were on the
2: first out, right? A five or, or a four. Yeah, fourth. and
3: then all of a sudden things changed. And it's because of the fully guarantees Guaranteed. and the way things were structured in the players' favor so I I, I can't I, I can understand the Browns did what they had to do He's to get Deshaun Watson tactic. to agree to go to the, to go to Cleveland. Yeah, and and look, they the, the way it's structured this year, it gives them flexibility because they're paying Baker Mayfield eighteen million dollars whether they want to or not. They're going to pay part of that salary to trade him, or they're going to cut him, and it's going to count that against the cap. So they wanted some flexibility on that first year of Watson's mega deal in order to be able to make things work and not lose out on multiple contracts or not be able to extend another player this offseason. They wanted to. So that all plays into the idea of why they had to structure it the way they did. But first and foremost, it was to lure the quarterback that they wanted because they were so desperate for one to Cleveland. Because if not, we're talking about what we absolutely could be talking about the Miami Dolphins quarterback from last year. We're also discussing possibly the Atlanta Falcons quarterback, the Carolina Panthers quarterback. There's a, There's a lengthy list of teams that were interested um, that maybe didn't make the top four. Um, What, Seattle comes to mind, but Watson had the no-trade clause, so he controlled all of these options and ultimately picked Cleveland after it was reported that the guy who controlled where he went didn't want to go go there. And then he still ends up getting the first-round picks and everything that was traded away for him. So it's a mess. The Browns brought it on themselves, but at the time... They, uh, the presser, when they had uh, one of the general managers, not the general manager, but one of the front office guys there discussing the, the contract itself with Watson sitting there, he said, look, we, we have an open line to the NFL and we're monitoring this entire process. So when they traded for him, they knew he could possibly be suspended. I don't think there's a chance that they thought he would be suspended for the
2: season. I don't either. I mean, it wasn't in the ether.
3: And we still don't know the timeline of when we will hear something. All we know is the hearing starts tomorrow for Watson, which is bait. And that goes with the timeline that we've heard that they want to get this wrapped up well before training camp, the appeal process. And then Goodell's ruling on the appeal that can happen very fast because my guess is the NFLPA, Watson and others already have the appeal written and ready to go. It's just, filling in the blanks on how long the suspension is going to be on what they want to appeal to. That's it. Because the argument is going to be the same with or without the full season, six games, four games, whatever. Um, don't you think? Like yeah. It's, that, that, that should happen very, very fast.
2: The appeal is, uh, should already be written out.
3: Avs win the cup last night. Colorado wins on the road in Tampa and uh, they closed it out final score of 2 to 1 they damaged the cup in the process it's all banged up and beaten up but that that's part of the uh charm there there is a charm to that the 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 cup that's it, like i'm watching that and i'm that's thinking that's not a ding i mean that's a but i'm thinking like so flattening should it be that easy to damage that's a pretty big like, fall not really i mean the guy's skating and he's like coming in for the group photo and it falls down. Like um, We've seen the Lombardi Trophy <laughs> tossed from boat to boat. <laughs> and this could barely be, you know, it, it, fall, it tips over and there's a den in it. And I'm thinking, is this? Well, Gronk, is this, had,
0: Gronk had soft hands. Yeah. Is this soft hand hands and
2: it would have fallen into water, not frozen water. Well, it could have, fallen, <laughs> it could have hit the boat would be the worst yeah. damage it could
0: have done on the way over. But, you know, Gronk caught it like he'd catch an egg. He accepted the trophy on the throw. But I'm thinking uh, again, like ice that, did not accept that no. that cup. There no, are harder
3: metals that this thing could be made out of, though, is my point. If if it's gonna be that fragile. What you shouldn't the, allow them to uh to have a day with the cup if it's honestly that fragile. Hunt, that it's what was dent the material
0: on Game of Thrones? Valyrian steel? <laughs> you prefer
2: that the
3: Stanley Cup be made of Valyrian steel? Yeah, but also I mean I like the fact that it's scratched up and dinged. I just don't want it like caved in. <laughs> Caved in that easily.
2: Colorado was amazing in that third period. They allowed Tampa Bay two shots while they're holding on to the 2-1 lead before they pulled the goalie. Um, totally deserved it. I mean, Tampa Bay was out of gas, and Colorado uh, speed, skill, and, and some creativity uh, I, that just uh, yeah. took it to I the I was getting
0: level. nervous for Colorado when Tampa scores, what, four minutes into that game is up 1 nothing, And I'm thinking, they're about to send this thing. They're at home. That place is rocking. Um, I love how they go to um, Hammer Time by MC Hammer when they score a goal. And I'm thinking, this thing's going to go back to Colorado for a game seven. And you can be real nervous at that point with that 3 1 lead and it evaporates to a team that's going for a third straight like Stanley Cup. And instead, Colorado, I mean, that's the response you want to see with what happened after that first goal.
3: Stan Kroenke gets his second championship in, what, five months? Pretty impressive. Um, you know, he owns the Rams. Technically, his wife is in charge of the Avalanche because as the, uh, as the owner of the Rams, he cannot also own another top whatever pro it is, sport. pro sports franchise. But he's getting the credit for his second because everyone knows who's in charge there. Um, just like his son runs the uh, Nuggets, right? Sure. Um, so it's in the family. And Kroenke, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy how the, this, the, the, the ebbs and flows of championship uh, seasons and, and cities. So, you know, Tampa has the run with the Bucks and the Lightning. Uh, the Rays have certainly been very good over the recent years. Boston had all the runs where they were stacking up back and forth between sports.
0: The Bruins, Celtics, yeah.
3: and Red Sox won
0: in the same year or back-to-back years at one point uh like Horrible in the early 2000 i believe was the time
3: that, um, that was happening you know you've got you know atlanta winning but you had the dodgers close the dodgers have been good of course the rams win but now it's, i'm tying in the ownership too where you can you can have everything comes in numbers it's not just a one-off and you know here's Cronky living the life Meanwhile, ties to it's Denver and LA. Probably a couple bucks off that. Not bad either. Yeah, this is also the third title since what 2001 for Colorado. Yeah, it's it a good organization. Yeah, that's that's consistency.
2: I've always kind of liked them. I like the, their look. I like the colors. Um, and
3: uh, you like those when, colors when though? they're good. It's like Dennis
2: Lear. you like them yeah. huh? when they're good. <laughs> when they're good, they're good. Okay. When they're good, they're good to watch.
3: I like the it, oh. It's third weird. Third since '96. It was '96, and then 2001 was also the year. Well, other I mean,
0: one. now let's count uh, trophies for the Denver Broncos. Also, if we want to go back to '96 with the '97, '98 back to back, yeah, the Super Bowls, and then Peyton winning one.
2: Denver's not a bad sports town, but the Broncos have been pretty bad for a decent while now.
0: Eh. I mean they I wouldn't say they're a bad organization. They've no, been it's mediocre. A good organization. But, they've never um, bottomed out. They've not had a bad, yeah, in a the bad run now. <laughs> I mean they're to not their, the, to their standard. They're not the Houston Texans. Let's no, no. put it that way. Even though the Houston Texans had a nice run of divisions. To their standard, they've been poor recently with the quarterback problem. Who's the next city now? If it was Boston and Tampa, it could be Denver. Is Denver with Russell
3: Wilson? I mean, they're not out of the conversation. How the Nuggets looking coming up? Um, are we could are we about to enter
0: a, a Nuggets or dynasty? It could it's be New York the the
2: Yankees could be back. Rangers went to the Mets. semis. I, I hate the Mets. I but just the love Mets how it pisses you
0: off when I mention the Mets as being really good. Uh, Knicks, Knicks, aren't. Well, it could also be L.A. The Nets could, it could be the Rams and Dodgers.
2: Nets could conceivably do something.
0: Can you be that city without having? an NFL team be part of it. Well, because New yeah, York does not have that right now. Well, it's, whether it's the Jets or the Giants. No. The Jets
2: are on the upswing at least. Giants I mean, are pitiful.
0: I mean, if by upswing you mean they're, they were rock bottom and there's only one way to go, but I'm not looking at that franchise and thinking, no, you're not taking title. Really they had a great draft. The, yeah, I like yeah. the draft they just had, but
3: I'm I, know. Not,
0: I don't think Zach Wilson, you know, is Andrew Luck. When he was starting out his career, either he's still very much a question mark. Well,
2: I think if if you're in New York and the Yankees win a World Series and the Rangers win a Stanley Cup, yeah, New, yeah. York, New York's in that. Yeah, I mean that would be a massive thing for any other city. Yes. you can't but downgrade New York just because the Jets they have so many teams and they they have winning because rate. they have
0: that many teams though. I mean, I feel like you got to get a third sport involved to really. I mean, Boston had the third sport. They had a reign with Celtics, yeah. Red Sox, and Bruins.
2: If the Red Sox and the Bruins won, we'd never Patriots hear the end of it winning. from Boston.
0: Patriots, yeah. The, right. Patriots But also if the Patriots
2: are down now and the Red Sox and the Bruins won, you'd hear a bleep ton out of Boston for how great they were. And any other city. Yeah, I guess. But I, I still would have to throw a third sport in there.
0: Right. I mean, even if it was the Patriots down, it would need to be Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics. It would need to be the Nets
2: in in New York's case, right? That's the most likely scenario,
0: and I'm not counting on that. There's so many teams to pick. I mean, Islanders, what if the Islanders get hot? We claiming that? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean they would. Up. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Like that's,
3: they that's, Buffalo. You kidding that's me? where I downgrade. Yeah, the Bills. How about that?
0: Sabres. All right. Bills, Sabres count? Bills, Yankees,
3: Rangers. Bills, Bills, Yankees, Rangers. There it I is. I mean, it's
0: been a great time for my Rangers and my Sabres. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be a New Yorker. Uh, nobody, been
2: nobody. I get to watch Josh Allen on City. Sunday, and I
0: get to watch the Rangers play on Saturday night. Nobody. What a time to be alive. In New
2: York City is claiming. Oh, I know. Buffalo.
0: More people in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania are claiming Buffalo yes. than New Yorkers. Yeah, New under. York
3: City people. Davy brings up a good point. Uh, Denver also has the NBA MVP in town. So there is like there is a buzz. They may not have a title it's with a good the sports Nuggets, town. but yeah.
2: And they've got the biggest footprint of any sports town in America, right? I mean you look at the map.
0: Can I be completely yeah. honest about today's NBA? I have Hate a it? hard time differentiating between the Nuggets and the Mavericks. Because they're both, I feel like, built on the same principle of spread five guys out around the three-point line with European players mixed in. And I, they're That's just fair. very similar franchises to me.
2: You know what differentiates
0: so I, you, them So you me? say that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, Jokic was the
2: MVP. But now, is, he, yeah. is yeah. he a
0: Mav? Or I had to think for a second. <laughs> is he a Nug or a Mav? Use this. Oh, he's
2: a Nug. Use this. Mark Cuban's on Shark Tank. That helps me.
0: That helps. Well, Mark Cuban's celebrity status helps yeah. from an ownership perspective.
2: I watch too much Shark Tank. I, I get
0: about equally excited about oh, it. Shark Tank's great. You ever
2: sit down right like, now. what's your default? If I sit down, like the first thing I turn my TV to many nights is CNBC because I know there's a repeat of Shark Tank. Then I build from there.
0: See, I, I, it's, I'm having a hard time. Maybe I need to Simon take suggestions. I'm having a hard time outside of sports. Finding something that's completely kid-friendly across the board to turn on Shark when kids are running around.
2: Shark Tank works.
0: Some of those networks, I'm going to sound like a prudish old man right now. Sure. The commercials uh-huh. on some of the, like ESPN even, that black phone booth movie. Almost had nightmares watching the trailer for that during a network spot. On a Sunday night baseball game when they go to it.
2: Maybe I need to I'm watch to, that. Like,
0: I'm having to cover Evie's eyes. Like, don't look at the screen right now. You're not going
2: to sleep for a week
3: Chad, when you see this game. Maybe
2: I'll watch that and get the baseball, the 12-view baseball out of my head. Yeah, Chad
3: is uh, Chad's going from Sunday school teacher yesterday to preaching next Sunday
0: yeah. <laughs> in the pulpit. Hey, I'm a deacon now. <laughs> oh I'm God. a Steve. you Steven imagine he's the
2: deacon? With Hutton Kuharski <laughs> and Deacon Chad Withrow? <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. That would not be good for anyone. Let me pray I, over you. <laughs>
3: yes. You can bless this show. Yeah, prayer, Hit us up on prayer, Twitter at OutKick360. I
0: remember one time my, my finger dislocates a lot in a basketball game, and it dislocated. was completely out of socket. You prayed over On a hard foul. And, yes, a guy at the church. Uh, can I pray over that for a second? And I, I'm thinking, man, I'm in a lot of pain right now. I'd <laughs> Any, love to I'll get home. Anything. My finger's going the opposite direction, and I'm trying to pop it back. But, I mean, I, the only quick, answer is, sure. Make it quick. Why not? He comes over and, like, sure puts his hand on my <laughs> dislocated finger and prays over it with the entire gym during did, a basketball game. Did it game. work? I mean, my finger works, so I guess so.
3: Hallelujah. He corrected it. Yep. Uh, coming up, first-year NFL coaches, we, just, we talked with one, one on and the done docket one a with, while with uh, David Cully. Oh, I can't wait. We discuss the first-year coaches we are on the lookout for across the NFL
1: Outkick 360 rolls on
3: across the Outkick network. I wrote last week at Outkick.com about Mike McDaniel and just based on the whole structure of that organization right now, I'm rooting for him to have success. Because I I think the consensus is, if it's not a one and done, it's close to it as they determine what they want to do at quarterback and head coach. Um, And there's Uh, There's something to the idea of them wanting Sean Payton. Uh, We certainly know where there's smoke, there's fire in regards to uh, Tom Brady. And I'm not saying he plays there anymore, but there's some involvement there in in some capacity. And Mike McDaniel is there. He inherits a team that also has Tua Tagovailoa going into a make it or break it year based on the way his contract's structured uh, off of the – Uh, NFL draft and his rookie contract in Miami. That being said, McDaniel's on a list with first-time head coaches with Matt Eberflus, uh, Brian Dayball with the Giants, Nathaniel Hackett, who is now in Denver, and Kevin O'Connell, who is the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. We have other new coaches across the league, guys who have had opportunities prior and are back in it. And here's Mike McDaniel... The guy that I said looks more like the guy who you would go down the hallway for at work at the office to fix your computer, um, who just arrived 30 minutes prior because he woke up late, uh, instead of the guy who's going to deliver a message to the 53-man locker room and currently the 90-man meeting room going out to training camp. What do you guys make of the first-year crop, and where does McDaniel fit into all this?
2: I, I like the vibe from McDaniel. I like where he comes from. He's part of a of a good tree, um, and I actually feel like he's going to have success. But I contradict myself because I don't like his quarterback, and I don't think Tua is going to be a, a, an NFL success. I, I think this year's Miami story is going to be that they gave him every chance, and that he turns out to be average to slightly above average quarterback. That shows that you need better. Than that, and I think this whole list, and you add in even the guys now who uh, Peterson, McDaniel's, Dennis Allen, Lovey Smith, who are new coaches but not first time head coaches. I think I asked that question about all of them. Who's your quarterback? And so who's in the best shape there? Um, Nathaniel Hackett's in pretty damn good shape coming in uh, with Russell Wilson. Doug Peterson should be in pretty good should shape be. I, with Trevor Lawrence, yeah. who we didn't see much from in his first year, but we're all giving him a pass. And certainly um, Josh McDaniels. I, I, like, um, I, I like his quarterback situation in Vegas with Carr. Those are the three guys who should come out at the top of this list. I'd put McDaniel right after that.
0: So of the retread guys – and I, I enjoyed your piece hunting on McDaniel. That's my vote too, because he's so different. I like to see when different succeeds, because maybe that leads to a, some different yeah, ways of thinking for other coaches the, and the other owners. Better and GMs, different how they hire. does the better. Yeah, and, and maybe we get some more entertainment out of the hires moving forward with with certain uh, owners when they have an opening. If Mike McDaniel has a lot of success of the Retreads, the only guy that I'm really rooting for is Doug Peterson only because I truly believe he deserves it because he won a Super Bowl. And I, I, it's been very odd that he hasn't had more opportunities, right? I mean, I know it hasn't been that long, but if there's someone I look at and I think, man, th- here's someone who could have success, should have success. I'm rooting for Doug Peterson and his career to have success as a retread because he's already won the Super Bowl. Um, Lovie Smith, okay. Not really excited about that with Houston. I'm
2: out on that. I, I'm not only Josh not excited Mc- about it. But I'm anti that.
0: I mean, it, the situation in Vegas, okay, failed in in Denver before. I mean, not really excited about that. You look around the other first time head coaches. It's a lot of the same. You know, it's typically someone who has studied or trained under one of these young hot shot offensive coaches. So yeah, I mean, I know it might be Daniel fits that bill also. Working for Shanahan in San Francisco, but his personality and his background is so different. I can't help but root for him to do well.
2: I'm on the on the like retread quarterback. Like again, if you go through the list, um, Eberflus has you know a young quarterback who I think is, I think he's overrated, but it's still early, right? Dable, the Giants are another team that we haven't really mentioned, but they're going that path of trying to surround a guy who hasn't lived up to expectations, but that we don't really rank with the, yeah. a, a lot of these other guys because we don't think Daniel Jones is as good as they are. But they're approaching things the right way, and he's a good coach who's had success with guys uh, you know, beyond Allen. Um, um, Dennis Allen, I, I'm just a total non-buyer on the Saints. That's one of my big off-season things, themes. Lovie Smith, I think, is fired in a year at Houston. Even if Davis Mills is good, they don't have much talent. Kevin O'Connell, I couldn't be less interested in in the Vikings, though I do think there's a chance for them to – this is the biggest swing to me in the coaching personality type, and Zimmer had been there so long, and I think everybody grew so sick and tired of the sour coach that here comes in a fresh young guy who is total opposite – of the dour old guy that maybe it, it uh, regenerates the organization to a degree, but it's still the same quarterback who is good but not good enough that it's just a tired act to me.
3: Well, the other interesting side note to all of this with the young first-time head coaches is they're all going to call their own offensive plays. Um, Nathaniel Hackett will do that in Denver. Mike McDaniel will do that for the first time ever throughout his coaching career this year in Miami. And uh, Kevin O'Connell is also calling plays in Minnesota. Uh, Brian Dayball might, he, he may end up calling plays, but Mike Kafka has also been mentioned with the Giants as a potential play caller. And this was as late as late May, early June. They had not announced or decided, i my guess is they've decided, but they haven't announced who's going to be calling plays there, so from a head coaching perspective that's fascinating to me because for for instance, they have a um, in in Miami they have a a second year guy who's the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins. but my guess is Flores had a huge say on the game day not just the game plan but the, the the play call had some input there on the defense and now you while you still have the same defense and structure for Miami it is solely on you know one specific coach meanwhile you've got McDaniel who's handling everything from the offensive side of things I tell that's, you that's that's uh, that's tough to pull off as a first-time head coach and a first-time play call who's the most exciting team situation
0: for a new coach is it the Raiders or the Broncos? Or am
3: I leaving someone out? It's the Broncos. I think it's the Raiders. Because of Russell Wilson? Um, not just Russell Wilson. I mean, it's it's so Russell Wilson is the missing link to I mean, they they were a very solid team a year ago. Top ten defense, strong pass rush, very underrated uh secondary, and now they've they've put Russell Wilson on an offense where the only piece that they miss is Noah Fant in that trade to Seattle, their trio of wide receivers remains intact. Jerry Judy's uh, case was thrown out of court. Um, So again, like they're, they're, they're just, and they've revamped their, their backfield. They brought those guys back. There's a veteran leadership quality there um, where it sounds like there's going to be a real training camp fight for the job I think they have a good culture built up, and now they've implemented uh, Wilson into that. The Raiders aren't about. I think there's a, a good one. argument
2: there. I think there's a good uh, I, argument for the Raiders because the Raiders were a playoff team with absolute chaos last year. They lost their coach. They had a guy, you know, in a vehicular manslaughter, brutal situation. They had another guy off the team with the yeah. guns. They had distractions out the wazoo. I'm not a McDaniel guy, McDaniel's guy, but I'm going to give some benefit of the doubt here that he learned his lesson out of the disaster in Denver and out of the false start in Indianapolis. And here he's inheriting a team with some talent, Waller and Renfro and a good quarterback and some defensive pieces. Um, Plus Adams. We yeah. Adams. And, and, yeah. And I'm forgetting about the the big addition. So I, I like the idea of the Raiders and I like him. I do not like, the three defensive hires. And I say that knowing you can do better hiring on the defensive side of the ball because the pickings are much better because the vast majority of this list is on offense and Tennessee here in town hit an absolute home run going and getting Mike Rabel. Um, But I just, it's hard to get excited about a defensive guy in the offensive time of football. So I look at the offensive coordinators, Luke Getzey in Chicago. I don't know that much about uh, Pep Hamilton we do know about in Houston, and th- that's okay. Pete Carmichael is the guy I'm really interested in New Orleans. I remember writing this back when I was at ESPN, and it held true. There is no, and this is one of the reasons I'm, uh, I'm not as big a uh, as Sean Payton guy as a lot of people. There's no Sean Payton treat. Nobody ever came out of there and went on to, to big things. And Pete Carmichael had been there forever and was never a play caller. So we're going to find out what Sean Payton left behind in terms of his chief offensive guy and how he could do as a play caller. He certainly doesn't have the talent because he doesn't have Drew Brees and Michael Thomas might be a shell of himself, etc. But they drafted uh, some people. Kamara, when he's, he's held uh, not in suspended. In legal problems? Yeah. When he's not suspended, is certainly a big-time weapon. I'm very curious to see what Carmichael does who should virtually be the head coach offense when he's got Dennis Allen as as the defensive head coach? What a big
0: what a big sales pitch it's going to be for Sean Payton if the Saints fall off a cliff this year, after piecemealing it together and almost making the playoffs a year ago with a bad quarterback situation and not a great roster well, last I think season.
2: On the one side, you're saying, "Yeah, look how bad they are without me." On the other side, though, what did he and hit on this? The guy split as soon yeah. as it got bad and the cap got really bad. Uh, he quit on them. You know, yeah. He bailed on a, a team that was you know, loyal, loyal. The guy got suspended for a year for, for uh, which gate was it? Um, bounty
3: gate. Bounty gate. Yeah. And uh, keep this in mind, too. Matt Aberflus, defensive coordinator with the Colts, is not going to call defensive plays in Chicago. It's going to be a guy, Alan Williams who came with Iberflus from Indy, he was the secondary coach for the Colts, and now he's the defensive coordinator in Chicago. So again, um, not just first-time head coaches, some of them have decided to do what they were hired to do, and what got them the interview in the first place is their connection to one side of the football and their expertise in that area. Meanwhile, Eberflus gets the interview, gets hired, decides he's not going to call defensive plays. He's going to worry about the team and allow his coordinators to do it. Look, the Getzy other reason – And then with Williams. The
2: other reason it's easy to be down on Eberflus is that's the worst roster on that yes, list. Yes,
3: yes. You're right. Other than maybe Houston. But you're saying the yeah, first time had they're right, they're
2: right there. I mean, they're right yep. there
3: with Houston. Coming Those up, two
2: teams are going to be in the top five of the draft.
3: An amazing uh, story Kendrick Perkins told of uh, a fight <laughs> – between kidding. Ray Allen and Ray John Rondo in the locker room and how the Celtics handled things behind the scenes. We we retell the story through Kendrick Perkins next to now kick three sixty. Outkick kick three sixty rolls on Kendrick Perkins was on the podcast with J.J. Reddick and others I believe old man and the three is the name of the podcast and it's good play on told words. the told the chance of i uh, told the, the circumstances of the championship season of two thousand eight in Boston and how there was a rift between Ray John Rondo and Ray Allen throughout the duo's time there in Boston and you know inf- there were inf- infamous rifts uh, between the two, and they played together from 2007 to 2012. Well, uh, this is from Perkins. When things started to go south, in my opinion, the first incident was when Ray was pushing so hard to trade Rondo for Chris Paul. It got back to Rondo, and right there, we started having a little friction. We made Ray and Rondo actually box it out. They had so much beef, we got to the practice facility, we, th- we brought boxing gloves, and they actually had to box it out because we didn't want the tension anymore. That from, from Kendrick Perkins. Anything
2: about how it came out and no. what happened from there?
0: No. I've I, I read a couple articles, but I've not heard the podcast, but I don't know that he was if he was pressed on it or just would not answer. But I was immediately thinking, okay, what were the results? Of the boxing match between Rondo and Ray Allen, yeah, what if somebody I, if ends I'm up taking concussed odds, there? Uh, I'm not messing with Ray John Rondo.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and Ray
0: Allen is an elite all-time basketball player, athlete. But man, I'm not messing with Ray John Rondo in that reach, and he is a tough dude. Um, but
3: so here's my well, for the longest time, Ray Allen wouldn't go to team functions after the championship. Yeah, and he, he well, and they also
0: did. after the 2011 season. Either that or the two after the 2012 season, he bolted for Miami and his teammates hated him because the Celtics played them in a seven game series in that 2012 series against the Heat. And he, they felt like you're selling out now. We, we're going to come back and beat them this year with you. And instead, you joined the enemy, and that, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So, this is great in theory. Hey, you guys have a problem. You're not going to address it. We're going to force you to address it with fisticuffs and box. I like the mentality behind that. I don't know that it solves anything if one guy gets his tail whipped in the ring. Also, like, it how doesn't do you feel if you're the anything. guy like if I'm Ray Allen, I get whipped, you know, in front of my entire team. If you go in there and you both trade some blows and you respect each other at the end, you got a bloody nose on each side, maybe a minor concussion or whatever, but you felt like, man, we're two tough guys who fought it out and we both got our shots in, then you move on and feel good. If one guy whips the other, I don't think that's solving anything for the guy that gets whipped. I don't know about the minor the concussion team. part.
2: If somebody comes out of it with a broken nose and has to wear a face shield yeah. for the next uh, six games, that's not good Well, for again,
0: I, I'm not talking about the – obviously they're not thinking about someone's going to get hurt and the GM's going to be mad at us. I'm saying that from that a player that. respect standpoint, yeah. it's not helping anyone if one guy gets whipped like the other guy's a bully – and bigger and badder than the other dude in front of the entire team. That's not going to solve the rift between the two.
3: Well, they didn't want to. If it it's a draw, it doesn't sound I think like they wanted it. to do anything. I think the teammates made them. You yeah. know, it's like so. Um, if nothing else, you get a couple chances to swing and then it's over with. It's time to start practice. It's prison justice. Yeah. Oh, minus being thrown back into the ring whenever you're down for the count, I True. would say. Right. Yes. Uh, Coming up, more headlines of the day, and we get into DeAndre...